And to our Lord Jesus be the glory and the honor and the praise, dominion, authority, and majesty forever. And God's people said, Amen. A beautiful time today in the Word. Thank you for joining me, my wonderful family. And I pray this has been a blessing to you, these dailies, as I minister the Word. And today we're going to look again at experiencing the presence of the Lord in our spirit man. How do we do that? How do we come to that place where his presence in our hearts will always be there manifesting beautifully in our life? Dearest Jesus, Lord, speak to us today. Reveal your word with such beauty, such power, and such simplicity for your glorious namesake. And God's people said, Amen. All right, so John 12, one more time, please. And we're going to start reading at verse 20. That's the Gospel of John, chapter 12, beginning at verse 20. And there were certain Greeks among them that came up to worship at the feast. The same came, therefore, to Philip, which was of Bethsaida of Galilee, and desired him, saying, Sir, we would see Jesus. Philip cometh and telleth Andrew. And again Andrew and Philip tell Jesus. And Jesus answered them, saying, The hour is come that the Son of Man should be glorified. Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a corn or a grain of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. And then he explains what he said when he says in verse 25, He that loveth his life shall lose it. He that hateth his life in this world shall keep it unto life eternal. They just said, we, we want to see Jesus. That's our cry, isn't it? We want to see Jesus. And the only way to see him and know him and walk with him is for this outer shell called the soul to break. So the Lord said, except a corn of wheat, verse 24, except a grain of wheat fall into the ground and die. What an amazing answer. It abides alone, but if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. Then he explains what he said. He that loves his life will lose it. He that hates his life, meaning that you will bury you'll deny self and bury that seed, then there'll be life. He'll keep it unto life eternal. Isn't that precious? So think about, like I said yesterday, there is a seed and around that seed is a shell. Now in the natural, when farmers sow that seed, it goes in the ground and as soon as moisture touches it, the shell begins to open up and, and break. And that's exactly what happens with us as believers. When we die to self, when we say no to the world and yes to the cross. So it's very important that we understand the life of the cross. Every work of discipline that God allows in our life is for our brokenness. Because God only reveals himself to the broken 
And when I say broken, I mean the shell broken. That outer shell has to break. That soulish realm, that physical. And then the spirit comes alive. The beauty, the fragrance, that treasure is shown. It says within us is a treasure. But how can they see that treasure till the shell is broken? Self has got to be out of the way. So today I want to continue from where I left off yesterday. Because what we see in the word, and let's go to Romans chapter 6. Because I want to explain to you slowly and clearly, what does it mean to die to self? Like how do we do that? So the Bible tells us in Romans 6, verse 6, knowing this, that our old man is crucified with the Lord. That the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. For he that is dead is freed from sin. Now, if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. Now, this is something so beautiful. When I got saved back in 1972, the messages I heard from nearly everyone was the crucified life. What amazed me when I went to see Catherine Kuhlman is how often she talked about death and dying. In those days, I didn't really understand what she was saying, you know, because I was a young Christian. But she would say, you have to die, you have to die, you have to die. And I'm thinking, what does she mean you have to die? I mean, forgive me, but I was so uh, young in the Lord. I went home one day, I said, Lord, please kill me. I had no clue what I was saying because I, oh, she said, you have to die, you have to die, you have to die. I said, okay, Lord, please kill me. But today I understand that. I know it's a little funny, but please understand I was so young in the Lord and, and did not know the depth of this message, the crucified life, like how, I mean, how do you die? So we die to the world. We die to the things of the flesh. We die to the desires of the flesh. So death in the Christian life is very, very simple because it's denial. And it's easy to deny self when you are growing strong in the Lord. We all share in the Lord's death. And I'm going to explain to you how it all begins. So some of you may not even understand how does this happen. The Christian life is all about the cross. The cross is the center of our life. I will glory in the cross, Paul said. Now, you know, when people think about that, they think, oh, many repentance, living sad, always saying I'm sorry, always asking for uh, forgiveness. No, it's not about that. It's really about victory and joy in the Lord. I'm telling you, it's, it's about total freedom. So the, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. There is amazing joy in the life of a Christian. Okay, let's go just quickly to Hebrews, okay? Now, we have something very beautiful here in Hebrews. 
In verse 2, it says, looking unto Jesus, the author, I'm reading Hebrews 12, verse 2. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners. And that word contradiction means hostilities against himself. Lest you be wearied and faint in your minds. You have not yet resisted unto blood, striving against sin. And you've forgotten the exhortation which speaks unto you as children. My son, despise not thou the chastening of the Lord, nor faint when you are rebuked of him. Now, the Christian life is a, a blessed life, a joyful life, a peaceful life, a heavenly life, but also there are persecutions that come and go. Trials come our way to keep us in that place where we say no to the flesh. Because your, your most dangerous enemy, your most dangerous enemy, is the flesh. We all know how to deal with the devil. With the word, we say, it is written and he's gone. It says, resist the devil, he'll flee. There's no word does it say, resist the flesh and the flesh will flee. It says we have to crucify the flesh. So Satan can be resisted through the word of God and he'll flee. But nowhere do we find in the Bible what it says, resist the flesh with the word of God. Instead, we are to die to self. We are to crucify the flesh. And Paul was very um, worried about this point in his life. And we all have to understand something about what he said in, in 1 Corinthians 9, 27. He said, I keep under my body 1 Corinthians 9, 27. I keep under my body. And that word keep, by, by the way, is discipline or I wrestle. It's like almost like a wrestling match. I wrestle my body and bring it into subjection. Lest that by any means, when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. What a statement to make. Paul, who saw the Lord, on the road to Damascus, Paul who went to the third heaven, Paul who was the greatest of all apostles, would say that? I keep under my body, I have to bring my body under subjection, because if I don't, I will be a cast away. Now, your spirit was saved when you said, Jesus, come into my heart. Your soul is being saved daily. Day by day, we are renewed. Day by day, from glory to glory, we are renewed. Your body will be saved on resurrection morning. So, you know, most Christians, when they think of salvation, they think of the past. I was saved 20 years ago. I was saved 30 years ago. But what the Bible teaches is really different. It's not only about the past, it's also about the present and the future. Meaning, 
We have to stay in that salvation. Paul said, we are closer to our salvation now. Meaning when we see Jesus, then we will be fully delivered from sin, fully delivered from the world. But now we have day by day to live the Christian life by surrendering to the Lord, surrendering to his will, crucifying the flesh. But how do we do that? How did I learn to do that? Well, it took me years to learn. Number one, wait upon the Lord. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength, meaning spiritually. And then when that strength is renewed spiritually, they can do it. Nobody can crucify the flesh when they're weak in the spirit. Because the flesh is a very strong enemy. Very powerful enemy. I am not afraid of the devil. I'm not afraid of the devil. I am afraid of me. I am my biggest enemy. You cannot serve God properly till you discover that the flesh is your worst enemy. Because it's with you all the time. It wakes up with you, goes to bed with you, eats lunch with you. Goes to work with you. And you have to keep this body, this flesh, under subjection like Paul said. Okay, we all want to make heaven, right? We all want to go to heaven. But there are people today who will not make heaven unless they do what the Bible says. We have to live the Christian life daily. Submitting to the Lord daily. Surrendering to the Lord daily. Reading his word daily. Staying in fellowship with him daily. Receiving the infilling of the Holy Spirit daily. It's a daily infilling. When Paul talks about be filled with the Holy Spirit in Ephesians 5, that Greek word is stay filled. A continual infilling, like wind filling a sail of a ship. But it's worth it. Oh, how it's worth it. Oh, the joy. Now, the Lord said, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. And for the joy that is set before us, we endure this battle on earth. And it's not that difficult because the Lord fights our battles if we surrender to the Lord and we allow him to live his life through us. The Christian life is not about me and you living it. It's about Jesus living it through us. We surrender our vessel to him. We surrender our life to him. Here's how it happens. Wait upon the Lord. As you wait upon the Lord, like Psalm 80, verse 18 says, quicken me, then I'll call on you. So as you wait upon the Lord, he'll quicken you. That's Psalm 80, verse 18, where David said, quicken me first, Lord. Once you're quickened, now you become like a, an eagle. You know, you start to mount up to higher places. They that wait upon the Lord are quickened. Their strength is renewed. Now they start to mount up with wings as eagles. And now they run, meaning they catch up where, with where God is. And then they walk with him. That fellowship is restored with walking. And now as we walk with the Lord, we're able to worship him. 
So the word of God, see, as we wait upon the Lord, his word begins to quicken us. David said, quicken me with your word, Lord. And now as the word quickens us, the Lord quickens us through his word, now we begin to fellowship with him. And fellowship produces worship. So how do I wait? Well, there's two ways. Number one, as I read the word very quietly, I'm waiting upon the Lord. And I have found that to be the most effective way. I just read the word real slowly and quietly, waiting for the Lord to use his word to quicken my heart to talk to him. Now, there are times I just sit completely still, where I have read the word already, and then I have to wait. Now, there are times when the Lord quickens me as I'm reading, which is most often, to be honest with you. It, it, it wasn't like that years ago, but I've learned more and more that God uses his, his word often to quicken us. But there are times when I read the Bible, and I don't feel that quickening yet, so then I'll read it, and then I'll wait on the Lord. And that word which I just finished reading, a part of it, somewhere along the way, God made something come alive, or some portion come alive. And then the Lord will use that, whether I'm reading or I'm done reading and I'm just simply waiting. And then the quickening will come. But I'd say to you right now, 80% of the time, if not 85% of the time, I'm quickened as, I'm read the word, as, as I read the word. And I read thoughts. I don't read chapters. I, I stay with the thought of that book. Could be 10 chapters, sometimes 15 chapters before I stop. And then I fellowship. And then just worship erupts. That is how crucifixion to the flesh happens. Because when you leave that place, such peace overwhelms you. Such joy overwhelms you. And the flesh easily now gets out of the way. It's like it's shriveled, you know. There's no place. The presence of, 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 of the Lord comes so alive in you. Manifests so beautifully in you. That there's no space for the flesh anymore. There's no space for bondage or sin. Because now you are living with the Lord and his presence running your life and your day. But we all experience crucifixion like that. And that's how it happens. It's fellowship with God. Uh, in Galatians chapter 2, verse 20, Paul says, and we all know that, but I think it's good to read it, I'm crucified with Christ. I'm living the crucified life. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I. I'm not living it. But Jesus Christ is living in me because he surrendered. And the life which I now live even in the flesh, even the, the, his body now is under submission to the Lord. I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. How beautiful that this is absolutely possible because once we lay aside this flesh and this self and we make that decision, Yes, what, what will happen? A great cry will be raised by the enemy where he will do everything to stop you because he knows he'll be defeated now. 
And if you don't deny the flesh, people will remain shallow and empty and defeated. But when we say no to the flesh, Satan knows he will be defeated. And so it, it's, it's that place where you cannot let go of that altar. You know, um, in Psalm 118, David talked about, let's just look at it. This is very, very powerful. Psalm 118, verse 27, uh, David, David said, God is the Lord which hath showed us light. Bind the sacrifice with cords, even unto the horns of the altar. Don't, don't let the enemy take you off that altar. Bind your life with cords to the altar. Stay on that cross. That's where, where, you, where you'll have amazing victory. And that place is a place of sanctification. It's the only place where the enemy cannot really touch you. And that's where more than conquerors, uh, this is where, where God makes that reality in your life. Uh, Romans 8, beginning at verse 35. I'm almost done. I want to I pray with you now. But listen to this. This is powerful. We all know this part, but people never pay attention to verse 36. Romans 8, 35, 36, 37. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine, nakedness, peril or sword? Verse 20, uh, 36. As it is written, for thy sake were killed all the day long, were accounted as sheep for the slaughter. That's the secret. And now because of dying to self, in all these things we are more than conquerors. In all what? In all tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, peril, or sword. He just said in verse 35, who will separate us from the love of Jesus? Tribulation? No. Distress? No. Persecution? Famine? No. Why? Because we're dead to the flesh. And a dead man is not affected by these things. And all these things, and all tribulation, and distress, and persecution, and famine, and nakedness, and peril, and so on, were more than conquerors through him who loved us. Why? We're dead. And that verse comes right between these two verses. Who can separate us from the love of Jesus? We're more than conquerors, but right in the middle, it says, we die daily. Wow. So that is the key. That's the secret of the Christian life, precious people of God. So every day presents us with divine opportunities <clears throat> to take our cross. And the cross is where your will and God's will cross. That's what, the, what, what it means by the cross. It's where God's will and your will have to cross. And then you say, your will, not mine. Now you're dead. Your way, not my way. Now you're dead. And that happens daily. So we must lay down our life voluntarily. Hallelujah. And when we do, we'll see victory through the cross. Lord, bring them there. Come on, let's believe God. Lord, bring them to that place that Paul found 
when he said, I keep my body under subjection. Let us all, Lord, bring our body and keep our body under subjection, that we will not be rejected on that day. That we will, we, we will finish strong, we will finish well. Your word declares now unto him who is able to keep us from falling and to present us blameless with joy. To the only wise God be all the glory. Oh, dearest Jesus, bring us to that place of total surrender and submission to your word and your will. Living, truly living the life of a disciple. A true Christian life in Jesus' holy name. Anoint your people and bless them today greatly in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Thank you for letting me share the word with you. It's time to give now to the Lord. It's time to bless his work. It's time to obey his word. Because it's our love, you know. Love is giving. Giving is loving. And I've been telling you, it will protect your tomorrow. It will protect your investments. It will protect your future, protect your family. God will not ever let you down. I've not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed and children and grandchildren begging for bread. But we have to honor him. We have to love him. And the Bible says you honor him with your substance, not just worship and love and service, but also substance. Honor the Lord with your substance and the first fruits of all your increase. So when you, when you make some profit from selling something, 10% goes to God. Honor the Lord with your substance, the first fruits of all your increase. So shall thy barns be filled with plenty. Thy presses with no wine will burst out. All right, you can give right now to the Lord's work. You can do it on the platform you're watching me on, Benihin Ministries. You can go to our website, benihin.org, or you can simply text it, BHM 45777. And help me build YouTube. Our channel on YouTube is growing tremendously. Help me build it. And we are, we are now on television. All right, much blessings to you. And one more thing before I let you go. You know, there are people out there who are pretending to be me, asking for money on, on, uh, on social media. Uh, that's not me. I don't do that. If I'm going to ask you to support the ministry, you want to see my face talking to you. Okay. So anyone who sends you some message online or they have their own Facebook says it's been him. Uh, 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 that's not us. We don't do that. So our ministry... You can tell when it's really us and somebody else. Okay, so just be careful. There's a lot of people out there who are lying about it because all they want is your money. So please be, be, be wise and, and just make sure it's the, it's the right ministry you're giving to, okay? Much love to you, and I'll see you again tomorrow for a powerful teaching. Much love. Bye-bye.